happened as we were driving to Outback, and I asked my wife, well, what would I preach about? And we were discussing that a little bit. And uh, she said, share something that has impacted your life. Uh, and as we were reflecting on this back and forth, uh, I thought of, like, who, uh, as I'm getting close to 40, sort of the middle stage of life, next phase, uh, like, who am I? Why, like, the things that, that um, make me passionate about life, that, that, draw, uh, that, that I'm passionate about, like, why am I where I'm at? Like, why, why do I care about the things I do? Why am I standing here today? Uh, why, why do I feel a call into, uh, you know, some of the nonprofit work we do, different stuff like that? Because uh, on the other side, I see all my failures, all my weaknesses, all my insecurities. But yet at the same time, I recognize that I'm standing here. And, and, as, I, and as I reflect back on it, it really has very or it feels like in, in many ways it has very little to do with me making a lot of conscious decisions. It, it, it has a lot to do with people having invested in my life, ha people having uh, believed in me before I was worthy of, of being believed in. Well, and, and probably still not worthy of being believed in, but, but before I had shown much skill, much passion, much uh, of a calling to the gospel, somewhere someone believed in me. And, 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 and as I was reflecting on that, it looks in, like, in many different ways. It's, sometimes it's a, a spoken word. Um, sometimes it's someone calling you out and saying, and giving you a position that you still don't, that, you're, that you don't feel worthy of filling, but they believe in you. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as when God lays something on your heart where I'm, you're not even thinking of investing like someone wasn't even thinking of investing in me personally, let's say as a youth, but they had a calling into youth ministry, and they invested in the youth with their passion, with their, with their love, their drive for that. And that, you know, I, I, each one of us are standing on that. Uh, I'm standing on people that have had a calling to youth ministry, and that has impacted my life. And as I reflected on that, like for here at church, two years ago or so now, Sheldon and Erica talking with them a lot for our youth today here. In many ways, you're going to be launched, you're going to be standing on the, on the shoulders, on the backs of Sheldon and Erica and their passion for youth ministry and how that has given you a platform, an opportunity uh, where they've believed in you in that way uh, f with the gospel. Uh, so I guess this morning what I want to look at is I think as a follower of Christ, each one of us are called to see, to listen, and to believe in someone before they're worthy of being believed in. Uh, I think this is one of the most powerful things that we can do because uh, in essence, it's the gospel story. The gospel is simply this. Before I cleaned up my life, before I was worthy, before, well, uh, before, before I did, uh, I, I never had to do any good works. I didn't have to clean up my life in order for me to experience salvation, for each one of us to experience salvation. Uh, the gospel story accepts us where we're at, believes in us, and, and the gospel changes us. Um, and that's what God, what Christ is asking us to do for someone else. Uh, so 
If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Uh, a couple of questions I had written down. Like, what does it look like to believe in someone? Um, where do we even start? And maybe the biggest question is, do I have what it takes? Do I have enough to offer someone do, uh, that, like, I, I see my failures, I see my insecurities, I see my weaknesses, my struggles, and shoot, I, I want to look out for myself, you know, like, I want you to invest in me so that, because I'm just thinking about myself, uh, but do I have, do I have enough? Like, do I even have something that's worthy of offering? Uh, I think that's something that each one of us struggles with, and I think that this story really brings out, um, and it's the story of Zacchaeus, and as we're reading it, this story is a powerful story of salvation. It's a powerful story of repentance, uh, of extreme generosity. Uh, and it's a, very, it's a powerful story of a man that was gripped with the gospel, with Jesus Christ, uh, and, and that just completely changed his life. But uh, along in it, there's, in this story, there's also a model of how to invest in someone. And it's also a, a model of how not to invest in someone uh, or how, how, not, how to believe in someone and how not to believe in someone um, before, they're, before they're worthy of it. Because when Jesus believed in Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was, was not worthy of being believed in at this point yet. And so as we're reading these 10 verses, uh, let's fo- focus on, there's three groups in here of, 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 that we want to look at. Zacchaeus, the crowd, and Jesus. Uh, so let's read uh, these 10 verses, and then we'll just dive into each one of those three a little bit. Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus gives Zacchaeus a new life, the title. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road so that he could watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, come down, for I must, for I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house and in great excitement and joy, but the crowds were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord, and I have overcharged people on their taxes. I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be the son of Abraham, and I, the son of man, have come to seek and save those like him who are lost. It was really hard to focus on reading there. Um, So we'll see. uh, But right at the center of this story is Zacchaeus. Um, And it says, and a wee little man was he. I I asked my wife this morning if I should sing that song. But we, we both decided not. But so here was the chief tax collector and in this scripture, it says that he was a short man, a wee little man. I, I, as I was putting this message together, I was saying, like, man, if I'd have the power of a chief tax collector, 
and they write a song about me, and they call me a wee little man, and Scripture says I'm a short man, you better believe it. I'm taking those taxes up to 80 90% too, and I'm going to show the, I'm going to have little man syndrome, and I'm going to show them that I am above them. Uh, but, but so this is Zacchaeus, uh, and he was the chief tax collector, so he was, he was above all the tax collectors. And if you're not familiar with how the, their system worked back in the, in the day, and as, as Rome was conquering new territories, they had this really ingenious uh, plan of, of how to collect taxes. And it was simply, instead of a Roman going into a new area and collecting taxes where they didn't know the ins and the outs of how that community worked, they found people that were native, that were part of that community, that knew all the different places where money was made, hidden, all, everything. And, and so they could pull more money out of it, more taxes. And so they, they, the Romans would give, the, uh, would give the, the native a squadron of soldiers, just large enough to be able to enforce, uh, to collect the taxes for Rome. And then whatever the tax collector wanted to charge above these already high taxes, they didn't care. And so the, these tax collectors would go up, from what I read, up to like 80%. Like as far as they could go where someone could barely survive, but they would pull these taxes in. They would make, I don't know what the number, maybe send 50% to Rome and collect 30%. Or like extremely high numbers of, uh, and just taking pow- positional power and shoving it down the throat of these people. And, 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 yeah, to make it worse, he was one of them. Like, he was of their culture. He had family, friends that he had there. And so a tax collector was seen as a traitor. A tax collector was despised. A tax collector was seen as less than a human. He was seen as a dog. Um, and so this was, this was Zacchaeus. Uh, and in many ways... Um, his, the disdain that the people had for him, the hatred, was well-deserved, was earned. He, he had earned it. Um, he, had, he had taken his p- position of power and used it to bring the hammer down on people and to, and to drive people to a point of, uh, of hatred for him. But in this story, even though he had earned it of being hated or despised, there was something about the life of Jesus that he had heard about that he was drawn to. So in spite of his hardness, his, his positional power of taking advantage of people, there was something about the, story, about the life of Jesus that he was drawn to. Um, and I've just written down, looking at this, one afternoon with Jesus did more than a thousand sermons could ever do. Uh, that, that is a, that's not original with me, but that is a powerful... Like, one afternoon with Jesus did more than a thousand sermons could ever do. But uh, as we look at Zacchaeus, we look at who he was, the hardened shell that he had built around him. I think the main thing that I would want for us this morning to reflect on is to see Zacchaeus as myself, to see Zacchaeus as each one of you. His, his selfishness is your selfishness. Um, his willingness to step over others for his personal gain is our story. Maybe we don't do it as, as obvious, as harshly as a chief tax collector, but we're always looking at ourselves. We're always looking at our personal gain. 
uh, and so our, our gain, uh, looking at his selfishness as ours, uh, but also his, broke, his broken humanity of wanting to, to lift up himself, to be seen as significant, important, um, above others, is our story as well. But also at the same time, his story of his hurts and his wounds um, of life that caused him to put a hardened shell around him is our story. Uh, if each one of us has had things happen that has caused us to, to put a shell around our, our life and to project something to other people that might be seen as cold, might be seen as hardened, might be seen as selfish, shallow, whatever it is. Like, each one of us is wanting to be fully known and accepted, but we create this shell that projects something else. And this is what Zacchaeus did, and this is what each one of us do. Uh, and, so, and so I think at the center of looking at how we can truly impact lives by believing in someone, seeing, listing them, is to understand that each one of us, each one, you, me, the story of Zacchaeus, we are Zacchaeus. Um, and then the second cr- part uh, that we can also see ourselves in is the crowd. Uh, the crowd grumbled. They were angry that Jesus was willing to associate with Zacchaeus. And there's two things that, uh, as I was focusing on thinking about the crowd and how they relate to to me and how I respond to someone um, as they were grumbling, angry about Jesus going to the house of a sinner. I think the first thing we need to realize is in that culture, hospitality was a really big deal. And for me, for Je- well, in this case, for Jesus to go to someone's house was to identify with them, was to accept them for who they were at that moment was was to say i accept i accept you uh, and so hospitality was a much bigger deal than me just going to a sinner's house right now it was to say i accept you and this caused the crowd to grumble and at the at the heart of the crowd is this need to to be better than someone to be more uh significant to be above someone um and at the heart of each one, to, to, see our, to, our, to see ourselves as not as bad as someone. This is religion. Like, the thing that we love to do is to say, but I'm not as bad as, but I'm, we might be smart enough not to verbalize it. Uh, you know, I'm not as bad as Jerry over there. <laughs> but, so we're smart enough not to verbalize it, but we love to compare. Like, say, okay, I don't do that over there. Or, I mean, that guy doesn't give any money away. I at least give four percent away or whatever Uh, we love to say we're not as selfish like we look at someone and say man that person is just selfish he doesn't care about any and we love to see like at least i'm better than that um to see someone as shallow um and to see like i'm at least you know i'm at least a little like i have a little bit more depth than that person so whatever it is we see the crowd grumbling, angry that Jesus is associating with Zacchaeus and this need to compare. And the other thing that the crowd does is they immediately make an assumption. Um, and, and to be fair to them, I don't, I don't, we can't blame them. They've been, here's one of them crushing them with high, extremely high taxes. 
Uh, but they made an assumption of who Zacchaeus is. And Jesus never makes an assumption about who someone is. Uh, and, 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 and when we can step away from making assumptions by what we see from the outside of someone and realize that if each person is created in the image of God, if each person has that, that thing inside them that longs to be connected with their maker, then there's something deeper happening. No matter what they're projecting, no matter what they're, how, how they're even living, there's something deeper there that if we don't make assumptions and we recognize that there's a deep longing in there, there's a hurt, there's a wound, um, we, can, we can begin to impact lives by believing in someone. And, and so, yeah, the, the crowd in many ways is, and making assumptions is easy. We all do it, uh, but in the model of Jesus, we can see like, that assumptions will, will cause us to miss the heart of a person. One other, on, on assumption, one other aspect that I wanted to bring out, when you look at yourself, when you fail, when you mess up, when you get angry, when you, whatever it is, you don't judge yourself because you know that's not who you meant to be. That's not who you are. That, that, that's, 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 you judge yourself on the, your intentions, not on the, your actions, and then do the exact opposite. Teach, you know, like if, if I see one of you act, lashing out in anger or I see one of you lashing out in selfishness or whatever, I immediately judge you like, well, that's who that person is, but we don't do that to ourselves. Um, and so that's why assumptions, if we want to impact lives, is so dangerous. So the crowd was marked with, by selfishness, the need to be better or above others, and by uh, uh, assumptions of who Zacchaeus was. And then obviously in the third camp, we see Jesus. Uh, and there is, like I said before, there was something about Jesus that drew this hardened man to want to come out and in this large gathering climb a sycamore tree and just get a glimpse of Jesus. Uh, there was something about the life of Jesus that drew this hardened man. And then uh, and as Jesus was coming, Jesus makes a unique statement where he, says, where he looks up at Zacchaeus and says, for I must come to your house today, or for I must be your guest today, depending on the translation. But all I'm saying, Jesus says, for I must. Uh, and again, like just looking back, what we had addressed already, what hospitality signified in that culture. Uh, if, sorry, I wrote my notes down this morning at like nine o'clock. And so when I looked, like, sometimes they're just like, I'm just trying to make sense of them, so bear with me. But something that's very important to know is if in that culture with what, where the significance of hospitality and associating with someone, if Jesus would have come up to Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, here's what you've done wrong. Here's where you've hurt people. If you change these things, if you change these aspects about your life that Zacchaeus needed to change, 
But if, if you change these, I will come to your house today and I will be your guest. If, if Jesus would have said that, the crowd would have been okay, would have accepted Jesus going to Zacchaeus. But Jesus did the, the exact opposite. He never said, Zacchaeus, you need to change for me to come. He said, he just looked up at Zacchaeus and said, for I must come to your house. And he immediately associated with Zacchaeus and he laid down his reputation in that moment to the crowd. Jesus laid down his reputation to the crowd for Zacchaeus. And that's what drew Zacchaeus to Jesus. And in that moment, in that afternoon, that moment with Jesus, Zacchaeus radically changed. And he, Zacchaeus grasped what the crowd couldn't. He saw Jesus. He saw the real thing. And and that's where this extreme story of generosity comes in. Zacchaeus would have only had to give everything that he... Uh, uh, so if he would have only had to give what he defrauded someone plus 20%, but he goes fourfold. He truly understood repentance. He's truly understood that one afternoon, that interaction with Jesus. But, but that's what's so powerful about Jesus for Zacchaeus. For each one of us, he laid down his reputation to the crowd for a chief tax collector. And, you know, look, looking at the story of Jesus, soon thereafter, he would lay down his reputation again for each one of us. But instead of his, just his reputation to the crowd this time, this time the crowd would demand his life. Uh, but Jesus was willing to take each one of those steps for Zacchaeus, for each one of us. And, that, and that is the, the power of the gospel, how, our, how, how, the, how Jesus keeps throughout the ages draw, drawing people to him is, simple, is, that, is that laying down of reputation, that life of accepting us before we're worthy of being accepted. It's the gospel story. He's asking each one of us to do that, uh, to lay down our lives as well. And so maybe just wrapping it up, to believe in someone in a way that will impact eternity, um, Jesus is asking us to lay down our selfishness, our reputation, um, the thing like of of being concerned about how we'll look or what we'll gain, and saying that doesn't matter. I'll lay that down to invest in others, whether that's mentoring, whether that's investing in someone, a spoken word, looking for opportunities to invest in people. Maybe it might look in a way of, of taking your business and saying, I'm going to completely transform my business in a way that will be able to, to lift others up and give them the platform to launch. It might be ministry. It might be missions. It, God will call each one of us in, but it'll look in so many different ways. It won't, just, it won't always just be giving someone an affirming word. That's a part of investing in someone. But it's, it's so many ways of giving people a platform to launch out and to go further than each one of us could have went on our own. Um, and so where to start? Um, I just written down a quote from, I think, I'm not even sure who it was from. I think it was from Andy Stanley a couple years ago. Uh, but do for one what you wish you could do for all. Start with one person. Start with like, laying down your life and saying, God, 
Help me not just to see myself, my own interests. Uh, and being concerned about people, like, do they notice me? And, and it's like, where do you want me to see someone else and invest in that one person? Um, and then, yeah, in, in closing, I, no, you don't, you don't have what it takes. Uh, you don't have enough to offer. You aren't good enough. But Jesus does, and he's in, as a follower of Christ, he's in us. So no, we don't have enough to offer to truly invest, to truly see, listen, and believe in someone. We're not, we're not worthy. We're not good enough. But Jesus in us, we have, we have more, more than what we'll ever need to, to listen, to see, and to believe in others before they're worthy and to truly impact eternity by believing in someone. Uh, so um, that is my sermon. Hopefully it... Uh, Hopefully there are parts of it that you could that you could uh, that you could connect with, um, and as we go out from here, uh, hopefully it'll you know because I think sorry I'm not just trying to go but I think our church here like we have so much work to do yet we have so much that we can we can accomplish so much yet but it starts it starts at truly grasping the gospel and believing in in others before they're worthy and. Uh, let, letting Jesus change people and, and not us, because we can't change people. So let's stand for a word of prayer, and then you're dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the beautiful story of Zacchaeus, God. Just how you can take a selfish, hardened man, and in one afternoon with you, Jesus, completely change and radicalize his life for you. God, help the story of Zacchaeus to be our story of our willingness to lay down our selfish interests, to see you, and to be willing to just drop everything and give all to you, God. Help us to have the strength through your power uh, to lay down our selfish interests and to, to see, to listen, and to believe in others, to invest in others, uh, and to be able to as we believe in them, to, to help launch them into what you've, what you've called them, created them to be. God, help us to invest our life for others so that they can be uh, what you've called them to. And as we go out from here, God, help that to be our prayer, our passion uh, this next week. In Jesus' name, amen.